What's good? Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. This is going to be a deep episode, y'all. So just prepare your mind, prepare your heart, prepare your spirit now. We gonna go there. It's gonna be good, though. It's gonna be good, though. This is a message that you probably won't often hear, but these are the messages that we need to hear. So just prepare your heart for that. If this is something that you want to listen to at another time, you can do that as well. But nothing bad, just really great things and the things that make you go, hmm, right? That really can bring forth transformation and real life change. And if there's anything we're about over here, it's those things, all right? So before we dive in, though, two things. One, we are doing currently a 30 days of faith walking program. And I can't even tell you what is happening in there. It is so, so powerful what happens when you decide to slow down, to make intentional time and space for God in your life, even if it's just 15 to 30 minutes a day, and actively pursue deepening and widening your faith, right? And God gives all of us a measure of faith for what we're walking through. And you can also increase your faith. And faith without works is dead. We know this, right? So when you actually are getting practical tools, activations, reflection questions, frameworks to apply to give your faith legs, your life starts changing. And it is so powerful. The community in there is beautiful. They are sharing so many of their testimonies already and really supporting each other when they are being challenged. And we have live calls every single Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you are welcome to join us. This is a small investment for the amount of value that you get. It's really insane. And you get lifetime access to it. So you'll get all of the replays of the calls if you're not able to join live. And you'll have this program that you can do over and over and over again. So I just want to encourage you to get plugged in. You can still be with us on three more live calls. So don't hesitate. Get plugged in and be a part of a community that will help you walk out your faith. If there's anything we need to be doing right now, it is that. So make space for this in your life. That's number one. Number two, if you are not in Courage Co., Courage Co. is a beautiful offering. My gift to you, something that our team is really creating and expanding, but it offers so, so much for you to be a part of. It has prayer calls every other Wednesday morning. There is a monthly masterclass, so it's actually going to be on the 18th this month. There is a monthly challenge. It's going to be the 23rd through the 25th this month. There are small groups every week. We have one on Tuesday called Good for Your Soul Sisters. We have one on Wednesday night called Biblical Breakthrough. And we have one Friday morning called Friday Fire. So there's something, there's some way, all of this is free, y'all. There's some way for you to get plugged in and grow personally and spiritually with other people that are like-minded and desire to do the same. So this is on a private app off of social media so that you can really put your growth first 
in your life and and take a courageous step in starting to invest in yourself. So if you want to be a part of that, you are invited. All you got to do is go to www.courageco.org. That's also where you'll find the 30 Days of Faith Walking program as well. So you can be a part of both of those things. And lastly, if you've been hanging out here for a while, my encouragement would be to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and write a review about how an episode has impacted you, changed your life, blessed you in some kind of way. When you do that, one, it lets it lets me know that you're here, which is such a gift. It is an honor and a joy to be able to show up and serve you and inspire you and encourage you and offer wisdom or a fresh perspective that changes your life. And it also makes sure that this podcast can reach more hearts and homes. And that's really what I care deeply about is people being pointed to the source and really encountering him in deeper, in more personal ways every single day. So if you could take some time right now to actually just rate the podcast, give it a five-star review, write words about how an episode has impacted you. And then I also will send you the God's Vibes Matter devotional. So just go to julianapage.com and click on the podcast page. And there's going to be a form that pops up there where you can put your name and your email. And I'll send over the God's Vibes Matter devotional. And that's all about deepening intimacy with God. That also is a 30-day program of sorts, but it's a guided devotional for 30 days. And it is really what God gave me to start growing in relationship with him when I had absolutely no clue how to do it. So when you leave a review, I will just give that as a personal gift to you. And I will say, this is so, so important. So if you've ever just thought about it, like, "Mm, it doesn't really matter. I get it, but it does, especially for content creators, influencers, what whatever you want to label folks as that are showing up and creating a lot of value for free. It's a definite way to honor them, but also I have been the beneficiary of somebody sharing a podcast episode with me, and that is one of the reasons why I do what I do. So just think about it that way. Somebody could listen to a podcast episode And that could be the needle mover in their life. It can literally open the door to a different lifestyle. And you could be the person that initiates that. So I encourage you, whenever you have an opportunity to support somebody, to thank them, to pay it forward, don't miss out on that. Be generous with your encouragement. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. So I am calling this episode, The Courage to Be Seen. Okay. (laughs) The Courage to Be Seen. And I have experienced this working one-on-one with folks. I have experienced this Uh, In groups that I've been a part of, I've experienced this personally, right? How really scary it is to show up in the world as who you are, right? We are often told who it is that we need to be, what role we need to play in order to be successful. Some of us even go to acting school (laughs) and learn to be actors and put on a show or 
you know, the minute you actually get an Instagram profile or a Facebook page or whatever it might be, a TikTok profile, whatever, you're you're given a platform and and a way to show up. And that may or may not reflect you at all, right? And so when you start to sit in that, that can get really uncomfortable. So I just want to invite you to think about this question off the jump. Are you ready? Are you living a life that looks good but doesn't feel very good? Are you living a life that looks good? Looks good on the outside. You got the house, you got the guy, you got the girl, you got the kids, you got the cars, you got the jobs, you got the careers. Are you living a life that looks good but doesn't feel very good? Just consider that. A lot of times, this question being unanswered is what leads us into overdrive. We're trying to keep up this facade, this picture of what we think things are supposed to look like. All the while, on the inside, we are completely miserable and falling apart, but we're terrified to admit it, let alone tell anybody. Anyone? Just me? (laughs) So it's easy to choose the easy path. And the the easy path is this path that is familiar. It's this path that we've trained. It is a path that is expected of us. It's a path that we've gotten really good at. So just think about that for you. What is that path? What is that path that you have followed in your life? It says actually in Matthew, Matthew 7, 14, that narrow is the way which leads to life, and few find it. Many go in this broad path, this accepted path, this expected path maybe, but narrow is the way which leads to life, and few find it, because few are willing to do what it takes, what it's required, few are willing to pay the price to access the promises that are connected to who they are. If you're new here, you might not have heard me say this, but it's something that I believe fully, that you will not access the promises connected to your life until you start being who you are. Because God cannot bless who you pretend to be. So a lot of times when we are walking through life and we're experiencing a lot of suffering, it's because we're still pretending. Okay? So I just want to give you some thoughts as we unpack this together here. Okay? So think about this just for a second. It's common for many to have this FOMO. You see this on the the internet, right? This fear of missing out and comparison can keep us stuck. There was a time, right, where we didn't even have social media. So we weren't as miserable because we weren't seeing where people were, what we thought, you know, we had to keep up with or what success looks like or doesn't look like. We weren't seeing that flash before us all the time. So we weren't bombarded with being behind or not looking some kind of way or having what they have or any of that. It existed to a degree, but not to what it is today. 
right? And when we're comparing ourselves to other people and when we're stuck in that, we can use it as a great excuse to not take action on the stuff that we're scared to do, right? Well, that person's more qualified or that person has more experience or that person looks that way. So no wonder they get more attention or whatever it is, right? But it's interesting when you think that what if, God shows you different people to be examples of what's possible for you, right? What if he's actually putting these people in your sphere of influence to show you what's possible? What if you learned from these people? What if you were super grateful for these people? What if they could impart their their anointing, right? What if that could be imparted to you, How would that change your life? So instead of comparing yourself to other people or judging them or resenting them, what if it's actually a gift because they are showing you it's possible that you didn't even know was possible? Or if you even studied from them or got into their sphere of influence or or invested in their program and, and allowed them to share with you that anointing that's on them, if you're willing to honor them, you can receive that right? The anointing that you honor is the anointing that you can receive. So when you're judging and rejecting things, you're pushing it away. You're keeping it from you. So think about that. If there's people that are speaking on stages and you want to do that, instead of resenting them for being there now, what could you learn from them? What did they have to do to get there, right? If you see people that are are writing books, who do you know that has done that, that could teach you or impart wisdom to you for that journey, right? If you see people that are are teaching something that you want to teach, what is that revealing? They're showing you what is possible, right? So instead of letting that be a limiting thing, what if that was a life-enhancing thing, a life-giving thing? Another thought to think about right now, and I'll tie this together. I just want your brain to be working here and get into your heart. That would be even better. But what if you have this permission right? What if you already have it? This permission to shine as brightly as you know you are meant to shine and you didn't stop yourself, right? It says that we're meant to be a city on a hill, a light that can't be hidden. Why would we be the ones that put our light under a bushel and snuff it out? If you had this permission, if you gave yourself this permission to shine brightly, what would you create What would you create? Just think about that. So I have this interesting story. I got connected to a beautiful group of women, and we were connected by shared pain in a very unhealthy work environment, which is where we all met. And somehow, through this shared pain and trauma, (laughs) we all remained connected. And there came an opportunity to celebrate one of these women's birthdays, and she was going to be traveling to South Carolina for work, and she kind of just teased the idea that we could get together and meet in person. And I just remember sitting here in this moment and thinking, wow, if you don't show up in this moment, what is that saying about this friendship? Is this just going to be one of those things where you got connected in like a toxic work environment and then that's all it was you guys survived it together the end or 
Is this going to be a relationship that you invest in, that you show up for, that you allow to have life for something different? And I really just received that it is so important to show up and to celebrate people, especially people that haven't experienced that before and haven't been on the receiving end of somebody purchasing a plane ticket, flying across the country for no reason other than to celebrate them to make that time in their schedule to fly across the country just to be with them, whatever that looks like, right? So a couple of us did that. We got together and had an amazing time. It was so necessary, life-giving, refreshing for all of us, and definitely so much meaning was created there, connection created there, memories created there that really established something totally different than what was trending in that connection in the first place. And it was just a great reminder of, if you want friendship in your life, what are you willing to sacrifice for it? Are you willing to invest in it? So that was a huge lesson. It's not even the lesson that I'm getting to. But while we were there, we had so many great Uber drivers. It was just hysterical. But we had one telling us about this horrific event. And I'm like, wow, God, like, why are you allowing me to hear this story? But This is, and I didn't know this, we were consumed with seeing it everywhere, but uh, Charleston, South Carolina is known as the number two destination place for bachelorette parties, weddings, all the things, which I had no clue, but that was evident very quickly. And it was also a alumni weekend or something, so it was wild to say the least. But we went to Folly Beach and had found out that literally a couple of days before we got there, there was a bride and groom that had a wedding there. And it was such a beautiful experience. The bride was from North Carolina. And they were just so young and excited and ready to start their life in their early 30s. And they had this beautiful wedding right on the beach. And they had a a reception and just were all smiles, so, so happy. And they were in this golf cart being brought home from the reception. And there was a young girl driving a car. And she slammed into their golf cart going 65 miles an hour in a 35. And it flew this golf cart, it just flung it a hundred yards. The bride was just crushed from this and died on the scene. The husband is in critical condition and had two surgeries already. And two of the groomsmen were severely injured as well. So no more than five hours after being married, this woman's life was taken. She She's thinking that she's really just getting started on a new life-giving adventure and her life is taken. And there's no explanation to that. And so I was sitting on this because it's one of those things that you can't shake and you're literally in this place where this happened, which feels eerie, right? Like here's where so many come to celebrate and get married and share their love and share their life. And then this horrific incident happens and they've raised something to the tune of $500,000 now to pay for a funeral and medical expenses, which is just mind boggling. So I was talking with a coaching client just today about this because it's so interesting how we will hold dreams 
desires, just these secret petitions of our heart even so tightly. And we make that our world, but we don't actually recognize that nothing is actually promised, right? And we don't live in this, I'll call it a divine tension of embracing each day truly for the gift that it is. So I've shared before, I've done a couple of things that have really caused me to wake up. (laughs) So one of these, I studied in undergrad. I was studying journalism and economics management. And so in journalism, we had to write our obituary. And that was really, really interesting. Like literally, what do you want to have written about you at the end of your life? Then I remember later, I was in graduate school, and I came across a book by Robin Sharman called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, and I remember reading this. I don't know if I was drawn to it just because it was a weird title, but I remember reading this, and it was essentially saying that all these things that we pursue, it's really vanity. They don't mean anything when you're, you know, when your health is deteriorating, those things mean nothing, right? So it was just a really interesting story of all these things that we chase and we make so important, but at the end of the day, are they really important? So because I was really moved by that book, I ended up reading another one, which was, Who Will Cry When You Die? And I remember reading this book, thinking about that. Like, I have I impacted anyone in my life to the point that they would be really grieving the loss of me not being here, right? And I'm thinking about this. I'm in grad school (laughs) evaluating the impact that I have on other people and how, how much am I truly letting people see me or experience me? How much do I see me or experience me so that I, I can actually give whatever I am to other people, right? And actually be generous with my life. Like, am I doing that? Do people know who I am? Am I impacting them to such a degree that they would actually cry when I die? Okay, so just start entertaining these thoughts, right? It's sobering. And it's important to be able to look at your life, not in a depressing context necessarily, but From a sobering perspective, knowing that nothing is promised and that the life that you do have is a gift, right? There's many people that were expecting to wake up with us today and they didn't. Therefore, you have purpose on your life today and your purpose is to live like it. But sometimes we just wake up and we're like, ugh, I have to go do this thing or this is so frustrating or why hasn't this person changed yet or why is this still happening or I'm still, I'm just, like we just get into this really interesting space and give airtime to things that ultimately is a waste of our energy if we were honest, right? So just think about this because it is really healthy to think about life in this context. So there's a couple of things where it talks about this in the word. It actually says in Psalm 103:15, the days of man are like grass. He grows like a flower of the field. When the wind blows over it, it's gone. Its place will remember it no more. 
Think about that, right? There's another scripture that talks about life being vanity, right? And this is Ecclesiastes 1. You can read verses 1 through 12, but all is vanity, right? So it's really teaching us to rejoice in our portion. There's also one more scripture that is one of my favorites. It's Psalms 90 verse 12 that says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Okay, so when we don't actually contemplate life from this very sobering perspective, that none of us really knows the number of our days, none of us really know what God knows. There's some mysteries that are far too great for us to know. That perspective is what enables us to show up in a very present, engaged, focused way, right? And to not get so consumed by the things that ultimately, at the end of our lives, wouldn't matter. So one of the, the one of the things I really do enjoy doing is I love listening to wisdom from older folks. Love it. And it's always really important to not only just mentor people, but also get mentored by people. So, so important. So I love hearing what they say that they would regret, you know, later in their life. What do they regret? They regret that they work so much that they never invested and poured into relationships. They never knew their children. They regret that they chased all of these things, like all of these homes and cars and all of this, but never could be content with what they had. They are sad that they didn't develop their potential, right? They'll say such such profound things that are, are nuggets of wisdom for you if you choose to receive them, right? So just think about that. For your life in general, I think it's very healthy to reflect often, what will I make matter, right? Like, what am I making important? Am I making... The work I do, the role I have, the title I have, the position I have, the money I have, like what am I making matter? What will I create? Because we are creators of our reality. Life isn't just happening to us. We are creating our reality. So what are you going to create? Or what will you make significant? Something that... (laughs) Folks in the Faith Walking program know this. Also, um, some of the folks in, I'm just smiling because I can just see them reacting to me now. Some of the folks in the Mastermind know that I say this, but I play what I call the synonym game. So like Finding Nemo, the anemone, I call it the synonym game where you look up a synonym for a word to find a meaning that actually resonates with you. Because sometimes... With a word association, there's a word that doesn't exactly land and resonate in our spirit. But when we find a synonym for it, we're like, that's the word. So for example, what I'm saying, what will you make significant? Other words for significant, in case that word isn't jiving for you, 
remarkable, noteworthy, outstanding, important, memorable, unforgettable, impressive, uncommon, exceptional, extraordinary, special. What will you make memorable? What will be memorable about you? Right? This is great, great perspective to have and to live your life with. And something that I have asked, if you've listened to any of the interviews that we've had here on the podcast, something that I love asking people is, let's say that, you know, it's the end of your life many, many years from now, and you have an opportunity to impart a word of wisdom, a sentence of wisdom to people, but you can't take any of your bodies of work, anything you've written, anything you've created, anything you've produced, anything that you've stored up on the earth, you can't take any of that with you. You can just literally give a statement of wisdom to somebody. What would you say? And often when you answer this question, what happens is you find purpose. You find your mission statement. You find a reason for being. You find your why. You find this deep thing that is driving you and it exposes how you're sabotaging yourself and how you might not be living up to that mission, that ideal, that truth that you stand under, right? So let's say that you desire to be generous with your life. Like, how beautiful is that? And being generous with your life could be giving the wealth that you have. And wealth could mean anything. Wealth could be your time. Wealth could be wisdom. Wealth could be encouragement. Wealth could be your presence. Do you know how much just being present with people is so impactful? That is such a gift that you can give people. Just be present with them right? What if that were your purpose? If that, if you truly believe that to be your purpose and you live that every day, how would your life change? Something to consider for sure, right? How can I live this day on purpose as a a gift to glorify God? How can I do that? And when we're thinking about having this courage to be seen, this really has to do with intimacy. You have to have the courage to actually look within, to actually face yourself. And intimacy can be broken down into intimacy. Do you have the courage to get still, to sit in discomfort, to ask yourself hard questions like I'm posing to you today, to actually get to know who you are and recognize who you are not and who you don't want to be? Do you have the courage to look at patterns that don't serve you and start developing practices that give you life and create freedom for you? Do you have the courage to see you? Because when you do, that's actually how you allow yourself to be seen by other people. You have to be willing to look at yourself first so that you can actually start giving who you are to other people. And you actually have grace then to see them too without judgment 
A lot of times when we are being fake or inauthentic and acting, and we're usually really great actors, especially when we've trained roles, right? Really great at, at playing these roles and keeping up a facade or this impression, this version of us that we want people to see, but that takes an incredible amount of energy. And the interesting thing about that is when you are being inauthentic, when you are acting, when you are keeping up a facade, when you are building something that you think other people want you to build, what you're doing is drawing yourself out of alignment real quick. You are putting up an image or let's even say a brand that people are expecting you to play And that's going to be really interesting when you decide to stop playing that role and then you have to tell them who you really are, right? It just takes so much energy. One of the ways to conserve your energy is just be who you are. But that takes courage to actually see you for who you are and who you're not. So the Bible actually gives us verses about self-love. We are not taught how to love ourselves. We are taught how to hate ourselves, to reject ourselves, to ignore ourselves, to neglect ourselves, to abandon ourselves, to betray ourselves. And this is where all the self-sabotage comes from. Okay, and what we're not taught is self-love. And that's why when we let the internet teach us self-love, we think it's going to get our nails done and getting a massage or spending money in some sort of lavish way. And that might not actually be loving at all, especially if that puts you in a financial position that doesn't make sense. So you can look to the word for self-love, okay? And actually having the courage to see yourself and be with yourself and accept all parts of you is self-love, okay? So it says... One, in Ephesians 2.10, this is one of my favorites, you know that. We are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. Okay? So if God loves you, isn't it on you to love you also? 1 Peter 3.4 says, It should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So just entertain this for a second. When you think about your inner self, a lot of times the Bible will talk about your soul, which is your mind, your innermost thoughts, your will, your ability to exercise authority, power, decision-making, choice, right? And emotions, quite literally energy that you're putting in motion. But think about this. God finds unfading beauty in a gentle and quiet spirit. It is of great worth in his sight. Is your spirit gentle and quiet? Think about that. God values that. What might that be worth to you to actually be a safe place to be? You can be home wherever you are because your insides are actually a safe place to be. With God, that is impossible. You know, if you are anyone like I used to be, I used to have what I call an anxious mind, but I called it future tripping, right? Where I'm always anticipating something bad happening because that was true. There was tragic event after tragic event after tragic event after betrayal after shock after, right? There was just 
these stacks of crazy life things that were no fault of my own that kept happening that made me think, yikes, you just got to brace yourself basically for the next blow. So my mind was always future tripping. I was trying to plan out all these like worst case scenarios so I could have strategies (laughs) figured out in advance to combat whatever was thrown at me, right? So I could protect myself or have a plan or have a way to brace myself for another impact, right? And emotionally, that keeps you in overdrive. You're constantly freaked out and overworking yourself. So I thought that this was possible, right? I remember reading about how I could laugh without fear of the future. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like you can get me to this place where I confidently trust in you, God, right? And I'm gonna laugh without fear of the future. Like that sounds legit. How do we do that? And I would laugh at the scripture, right? (laughs) I would study it every day while I was brushing my teeth. I had this um, cross that was gifted to me and I would just look at it every day when I was brushing my teeth. And I just look at it like, yeah, that would be great. But I was meditating on that word day and night. But think about that. I thought it was impossible to become a safe place to be. What would it be like if my mind was at ease? If I trusted myself in my decisions and I let my yes be yes and my no be no, or if I had peace in my heart, right? I didn't have all of this fear, doubt, insecurity, anxiety, hate, frustration, unbelief, just crazy making going on on the inside. And I could just be present. And if that is of great worth in God's sight, what am I willing to do to get to that place? So that is so, so powerful to think about and meditate on. You know the one in Matthew twenty two thirty nine where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you really desire to be loving, how can you do that if you don't see and love yourself? The answer is you can't. You can't. You might have read or heard 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. A lot of times this is what is read at weddings, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. But what I like to do is just put my name in there. (laughs) So that helps me actually see, are you being loving? Because love doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Right? And then I can turn that into a prayer. God, thank you that you help me to honor others. Thank you that you help me to prioritize their needs. Thank you that you help me to be patient and not so quick to anger. Right? Really, really powerful. And we have this commandment in John 13, 34. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Or 1 John 4, 8 was a convicting word for me. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So some of you know that I've shared this revelation of not knowing unconditional love. God's love is what drove me to him. Pain is that what I actually used. Instead of allowing pain, some choose this, some some choose to allow their pain to drive them away from God. 
But I got to a place where I allowed my pain to drive me straight to him, right? My hunger that nothing could satisfy, this thirst that nothing could quench, right? Like I just gave that to God. And so I really desired discernment. I desired to know love. I desired to be more loving. I desired to truly create relationships that were healthy and vibrant and relationships that I'd never seen. And I knew that I couldn't do that without God, that that was going to be a supernatural mission and one that I would learn. Because if I'm going to major in anything, I want to major in the major things in life. And God says that that is love. I want to major in the major and keep the minor things minor. So I just want to invite you to think about this based on what you want to make matter, what you want to make significant, what you want to create. A lot of times we hold off doing this becoming work or taking any sort of real action by faith because we think we have to have a certain amount of faith or we think we have to have a certain amount of information or we think our belief has to be 100%, not just 1%. But what we're not often taught is that you can embody these things now. Okay, so God has potential in you. He has gifts in you. He has the fruit of the spirit in you. And these are things that you can activate and start practicing, start expressing, start giving life to, right? You can do this by the power of God working in you, by this enablement of God. Because what God does when you're walking with him is he gives you the desire to do the things that please him and the ability to do them. So he gives you the desire and the ability, which is more than we can even do for ourselves sometimes. We can't even actually want what we want or do anything about it. Interesting, right? (laughs) Just more proof that we need God. But to embody something actually means to be an expression of it, to bring it to tangible or visible form, to provide a vehicle of expression for it to represent it in a clear in an obvious way to give it a definite form okay so instead of just allowing things to be an idea in your head how can you start embodying it now how can you start giving it actual form so if you want to be more loving what does love look like? What does it do? What does it not do? You can go back to that 1 Corinthians 13 and study that again. What does it do? What does it not do? If you want to really be generous with your life, what would it look like for you to start doing that today? Because today is what you have. Tomorrow isn't promised. So whenever that's coming up, like when would now (laughs) be a good time? Now is what you have. Now is what you have. So all of this time, we're waiting on a time to to do something impactful, to do something perfect, or not perfect, but purposeful. Now is the time. When would now be the time? Now is the time. Now is a good time because now is when that idea is bubbling up in you. Now is when that inspiration is hitting. Now is when the spirit is prompting you to speak life into that person or to step out and encourage them. Now is a good time. 
right? So just think about that. How can you embody more and more today those things that you desire? How can you do that? Knowing that it's often the littlest things that are the big things. And we have to constantly keep that sober perspective. So instead of choosing the broad, easy path, you can choose this narrow path that leads to life. And this really is a discipline of intentionally getting uncomfortable. Okay, this is building up a different type of confidence. The confidence, the courage, and the confidence to actually be who you are. Not who other people are expecting you to be, not who you think they they need you to be, not who they even want you to be, but just be who you are. And sometimes, I will tell you, this was true for me, sometimes you do have to burn it all down in order to build it all back. Sometimes that happens. I know for me, I had to literally let relationships go, let different hobbies go, let different lifestyle practices go, let different habits go, let different comfort zones and things that were familiar, I had to let them go. And these might be okay for some people, but they weren't okay for me anymore. So I had to let them all go to truly build what I was desiring. So you have to have the courage to have real conversations with yourself. And this is really interesting because you will sit in a place where you're like, am I going to be okay? Like, I'm actually concerned about myself. I'm kind of worried, right? Like, will I ever even be happy again? Will I find love again? Will I be successful? Like, you sit in these really uncomfortable questions that many are not willing to sit in. But when you have the courage to do that, you can start being real with yourself and you can love and accept yourself through anything and for everything. And you don't have to believe 100% to go after anything. You just need 1%. You just need the little mustard seed. You knowing that you're made for more is everything. And starting to trust that still small voice every day more and more is what helps you trust God more and more. It's what helps you trust you more and more. You keep doing that one little thing that stretches you one day at a time, one step at a time, one moment at a time, and you keep doing that thing that is stretching you that most people are just straight up unwilling to do. Doing scary things is actually what benefits us. We have to actually implement things to change our mind. Yes, We are transformed by the renewing of our mind, by exposing it to truth. That does get us thinking differently, but we have to apply truth for it to change our life. We have to actually take action. We have to implement things in our life. And that's repetition. And that's sticking with commitments to yourself. And that's what helps you be confident because you are somebody that is trustworthy. You keep promises with yourself. Your word carries weight. You do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. You don't lie about things. If you don't want to do them, it's a no. You give your 100% yes to things that you want to do, that you're committed to do, and you use your no for the things that you're not. You're not worried about hurting people's feelings. You're more concerned about being honest. 
Confidence is actually self-trust. When you do more hard things and get to the other side, you start building confidence. Confidence comes from consistently doing uncomfortable things. So when we keep putting on this show and creating, again, this audience of people that don't know you, whether that's work, whether that's for your family, your friends, it's really the fastest way to get out of alignment and waste a lot of your energy. But what you can do instead is start creating intimacy with yourself. And what intimacy is, it's really an invitation for connection, for you to be present with yourself, right? And when you do that, you can start being present with God. You can start seeing God, receiving from God, right? And the more full of God you get, the more you have to give. And then you have generous life in you to give and be an expression like you are a unique expression of God and you can give that abundantly everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, people can have a God encounter. But that's not going to happen if you're not encountering God. Think about it this way. Can anyone see into you? Are you actually showing anybody who you authentically are at your core? Does anybody know you? Do you know you? God knows you. But are you willing to be honest with God? Are you willing to be seen by God? Are you willing to invite God into these areas of your life that are uncomfortable? Are you willing to go into them with God? With a trusted advisor, a coach, a therapist? No one will be able to see into you unless you're willing to do that brave work first. You could give, give up being liked to instead be loved for who you really are. This like culture, this, you know, instant gratification, this one-liner, you know, hit (laughs) of motivation is not what gives you life. And you don't need to be liked, right? Because you don't want to be liked for an image, for an act, for an achievement. You want to be loved for who you actually are. And you don't want that to be because you're on a diet and you weigh a certain weight or because you, you know, are shooting some chemical into your face to make it look some sort of way or... You're finding a way to cut fat out of your body, like all of this, to get to what place? Or getting all of these degrees and all of these achievements for what? So you could put a title next to your name that most people don't care about because they're more self-involved than we think. What is that worth to you? Do you want to be known for all of these titles, for your appearance, for your image, for all these accolades? Or do you want to be really loved for who you are? Because you won't be if you can't love and accept yourself for all that you are. So having the courage to be seen is being willing to make yourself visible. Be visible to yourself. Be willing to see yourself. Be willing to let God into different areas of your life and be willing to be seen by other people and see 
other people for who they share with you. You can be a catalyst for so much more. You can have a whole new life. When you love yourself and your mission and truly caring about helping other people versus worrying about what other people think about you, your life will change. And if you can see it, you can start embodying it now. You don't have to wait to become this person that finally thinks she's ready. You can just decide to embody him or her now. You can embody him or her now. The more comfortable you can get with being uncomfortable, the more confident you will become. It's almost like asking yourself, did you get your discomfort reps in today? Did you stretch today? Did you go out of your way to, to bless somebody today? Did you live today? Did you love today? Did you matter today? Did you show up like it today? Today is what you have. Today is what you have. And when we talk about God's vibes, truth is really the highest vibration. And when we align and track with that, we have a very different life. Say yes to things that you're uncertain about or that you don't feel equipped for. You actually feel ill-equipped for them. But God qualifies the call. Then often we feel ill-equipped to do the things he's calling us to do. We need him to do them. But think about it this way. Did you use the gift of this day today? Are you proud of you today? When you courageously see yourself and be yourself, you give the rest of the world the courage to be themselves too. And that's the best gift, the gift of you. The you that only you can express, the you that... Only you can contribute the you that only you can gift. Imperfect, wonderful, beautiful, and messy you. We love you like that. And we love ourselves like that too. So I just want you to think about this today. Are you living a life that looks good, but doesn't feel very good? Are you living a life... That is what somebody else wants, but you actually don't want at all. Are you living a life that you feel is a lie? And you want to live the truth. You can choose to see yourself. You can have the courage to be seen by other people for who you actually are. And when you do that, you'll find that people actually love who you are. They value your authenticity. They value your vulnerability. They value the unique expression of you. It's actually refreshing when you're around somebody that's not acting, that is so real, that is so raw, that is so present, that is so engaged and committed to relationship with you, to doing life with you just because of you. You won't experience that when you won't create intimacy with yourself. 
So give yourself that gift. Have this perspective about life. This life is a gift. We can have dreams, we can have desires, but hold them loosely. And choose whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. What you will make matter, what will be significant, what you will create, how you will be generous with your life, how you will do everything as unto the Lord and glorify him in all you think, say, and do. Listen to this again if you have to. But what would that be like for you if you had the courage to be seen if you had the courage to express what's inside of you, if you had the courage to invest in developing and cultivating your potential and sharing it with the world and the way that you're being led to do that, what would that be like for you? How would life change for you? Maybe grab a journal and actually answer these questions, not on the go this time, but actually re-listen Put a pen to paper and answer these questions. Give that gift to yourself, just being with yourself and asking some hard questions and see what is revealed and what is highlighted for you. And if this message is resonating deeply with you, if you've been putting yourself on the back burner for far too long, if hearing questions like this actually terrifies you because you're actually afraid of what's going to happen if you don't start answering them. I get it because I was her. I remember when I first had the blessing of experiencing somebody who had the courage to share her gift with me. And that ended up being my first life coach. And she had the courage to ask me questions that nobody cared to ask me before. She had the courage to sit with me in some really uncomfortable thoughts, feelings, emotions, realities. She had the courage to challenge me, to stretch, to grow, to take new radical action, and to go for what is in my heart when I had every reason not to. And my life was forever changed by my investment in that coaching relationship. I am the beneficiary of somebody being willing to hold space for me, for my vision, for a future I couldn't see fully as possible yet. And it changed my life. It radically transformed my life. That was back in 2008. That's one of the reasons why I do what I do and I will not stop doing it. So if you're there, I see you. I value you. I honor you. I deeply, intimately know what all that feels like. And I will tell you, I do have a gift for you. If you have been praying about God leading you to your next coach, (laughs) your next guide, your next spiritual running buddy, your next teacher, 
and you are sensing in your spirit that I am an answer to that prayer, I would love to offer you an opportunity to work together one-on-one. I don't often open my calendar because of what we're committed to with Courage Co., with the God's Vibes Mastermind, and so many other things that just happen behind the scenes that I don't often talk about here. But this work is my work and my passion, and it would be my honor and greatest privilege to do this beautiful work with you, to open new possibilities for your life. So all you've got to do to make that possible and to explore what working together could look like in this season, or maybe even get on the waiting list because this is going to be a first come, first serve offer, is email my team, info at julianapage.com. Info at julianapage.com. Just put interested in coaching and we will find a time to connect and explore what coaching could look like in this season if that's something that you're ready and willing to commit to in all aspects. And we will do this brave, brave work that will radically transform your life. There's no going back after you experience this work. I can promise you that. But if that is something that is on your heart, you know this is an answered prayer, I encourage you to take action. Email my team, info at julianapage.com, and I will be so looking forward to connecting with you and getting you going on this new adventure. With that, I hope this message blessed you. And until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together, or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook, and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. 
I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.